0: As part of Black History Month in October, I interviewed Pastor Calvin Young, who's the senior minister at Mount Zion Community Church in Aston, and in recent months has taken a bit of a lead in pulling together church leaders from right across the city to discuss and pray for racial justice. Now here at Church Central, This very much fits with the journey we're on, where from day one, we've set out to reflect the rich diversity in our city. More than that, our desire isn't merely to be a diverse family of churches, but churches that include, celebrate, and empower those from a minority background. Now, all of this sounds great in theory, but in this fifth and final episode, we get into the nitty-gritty of how we can practically grow in this as a family of churches. You've spoken practically about Prayer and fasting. We're, we've spoken a bit about telling stories and humility, hearing one another, growing an understanding of history. Yeah. Are there any other practical things that you think we can be doing in our pursuit of racial inclusion and integration in the church? Any other top tips you'd have for us?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um- there are so many things. I think we, we, we need to respond to a lot of the, um, the, the social struggles that is within the Black community. And I know it's there um, across communities. Um, you know, the, 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 the disenfranchisement of a lot of uh, white young people within uh, inner city areas and so on is, is another area that we, we, we have to address. Um, there are so many issues, but if we're talking about Black is- issues, there are a lot of our Black men, young men, who are disproportionately represented in our prison system. They receive a lot longer sentences than general. Um, housing, social uh, health and care, and so on. Um, a lot of Black people are disproportionately represented in those areas. Unemployment. And so advocating um, for, for, for those issues, I believe, it's important. But we're only going to effectively do that if we are standing together. And more important for me, if we are building relationship. Once the relationship is there, then we can support and encourage and help each other, no matter what the issues that we are facing. So as churches, we need to come together as leaders. We need to come together and members of the body of Christ, wherever you see Christians, black, Asian, white Christians, you know, try and build a network of real, open, honest relationship with each other. If we can do that, we can handle anything that is thrown at us.
0: I guess I was detecting in all of that, that the importance of actually standing against acting against uh, racial injustice um, that is still rife
1: uh,
0: in our society. And I know there's much talk about um, white privilege and I I guess those of us who, because of the colour of our skin, find ourselves in a privileged position, yeah, we can use that privilege for good, can't we? And uh, the Bible talks a lot about um, ha- ha- how God wants us to give a voice to the voiceless. And those who find themselves in a, mi- a majority position, I think, have a responsibility of lifting up those who are in a minority. And uh, I think it's great building relationship. hmm fully believe in the power of prayer let's keep praying and fasting um, and committing to building churches that model something different but that there is an intentionality and a a, a radical standing against and saying no to injustice we see as well Um, so I guess that that might include uh, lobbying at a kind of local government level Uh, It may be taking on responsibility in the police force or education, opening doors for others, promoting others, pushing others through. It it may be encouraging people in our congregation to to, to step up and step into opportunity uh, and not stay down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess going back to where we started about your story and your journey it sounds like maybe there were some people who did that for you in terms of encouraging you to step up. Yeah. Um, Anything more you want to say about that in terms of how those who are white and, and find themselves in a place of privilege can use their privilege positively and constructively rather than just feeling guilty about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I, I, let me start with the local church. I think um, within our local churches, as I said, I was blessed to have white ministers who supported me. They they saw gift, they saw anointing at a very very young age, and they encouraged it. And I think, and I'm saying to our own leaders within the Assemblies of God, that we also have to spot those black young men and women, Asian as well within our congregation, encourage them not just to take up the offering, but to give them real responsibility within the local church and to to grow them. I think that is part of our responsibility as leaders anyway, to be releasing people right across the spectrum. Um, But yes, definitely, I think some of us, and it's not just ministers who are in places of influence, some of our church members are in places of influence, that we need to start influencing policymakers, those who need to be held uh, to account, the police, where we're still seeing a lot of police violence against a number of our young Black men in particular within our society here in Birmingham. And so there is a struggle there. You know, um, if you stick with us and um, just be around us, you will hear some of the, the stories and some of the challenges that some of the Black young people are facing within our inner city areas. And, you know, you can come on board. What I'm so blessed with, Jonathan, as well, is this. Our society has changed. Not is changing, has changed. Because there's a lot of intermarrying and interrelationship between black and white people. And if you notice within the uh, George Floyd protests, it wasn't just black people marching now. It was white people. It was um, mixed race people who were saying, hey, listen, I'm white. I'm, I've got white heritage, I've got black heritage. You know, this has to change. And for me, that is the most powerful statement that we can have. And um, I, I think as, as a church, we need to also get on board and use that influence in a very practical and powerful way.
0: And I think there's something about the younger generation coming through who maybe have a better grasp of these issues and, uh, and are maybe better equipped to make a noise about it and stand against it. And maybe for our generation, it's allowing them to do that and getting behind them and supporting them and encouraging them, even when maybe they make some mistakes or do things slightly differently to how we would do them, rather than pushing them down, uh, actually encouraging and releasing them uh, to come through and uh, and make the difference that I know we're we're believing for and hoping for.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely right. We feel that the young generation, we have to pull them next to us so that we're hearing from them. We're hearing the passion that they're carrying about this. Some of them are far more radical than we are, um, but we need to hear that. And they also need to receive the support as well as the wisdom that has been there um, for a number of years, so that they don't make some of the mistakes that some of our older generations have made in trying to address this or not address this.
0: Now look, Calvin, this conversation has gone on slightly longer than I think both of us anticipated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the leadership you give on this subject, but also in our city. Uh, Thank you for the way you're invested in Birmingham, been here many years. and. I believe for you that it's almost like an Esther moment that for such a time as this, you are here. Uh, And all of that story that you've shared has been shaping you and making you and moulding you Mm -hmm. for this time. And well done for stepping into the gap there is. Uh, uh, And I believe your, your, your work is not yet done um, and we can believe even a very high level for things to change because of your prophetic lead at this time so i want you to know from me personally but church center we're right behind you um kind of following your slipstream uh it's a, it's a privilege to uh be a minister in the city alongside you to learn from you and your wisdom so thank you uh and keep going <laughs>
1: Bless you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for those words of encouragement. Um, You know, I'm just blessed to have guys like yourselves um, to, you know, to be able to stand with us and to stand together as leaders within our city. Um, As you rightly say, for such a time as this, I can assure you it was not by choice and it's still not by choice. (laughs) I would rather go the opposite way But I recognize those words and um, they are prophetic words. And I pray that by the grace of God, he will just release the grace upon the church at this time for us not to drop the ball, but for us to really push this and to really get our church back in revival, back working together and to be a true expression of the body of Christ. Amen.
0: Well, we've heard a tremendous amount this week, and there are some significant challenges here for all of us as we seek to navigate a path through. However, our best chance of success is to do it relationally. As Calvin reminded us, if we do that, we can handle anything that's thrown at us. So let's commit together to building strong relationships with people of different race and skin color to ourselves. Let's confront the racial prejudice in our own hearts. Let's be humble, generous spirited, quick to apologize and even quicker to forgive. Let's take an interest in one another's stories, being slow to speak and quick to listen. Let's resolve to support encourage, help and believe the best of one another. And let's never settle for just being a diverse church. Let's not rest until we're a truly inclusive church that Jesus died to create.